The Rebrand Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Welcome to the Rebrand Podcast, and I Hear Everything production. This podcast tells the stories of world-changing marketing campaigns as told by the people who build them. In each episode, you'll hear a brilliant marketer talk through the strategy, framework, and tactics used to elevate their brands to new heights. Ready to hear untold stories behind the brands you love? Then sit back, relax, and get ready for the Rebrand Here's the host of the Rebrand Podcast, the CEO of the Harkey Group, Scott Harkey. Welcome to the Rebrand Podcast, where we tell the untold stories of world-changing brand campaigns as told by the marketers who build them. I'm your guest host and the founder of I Hear Everything, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to hear from the host of the Rebrand Podcast, Scott Harkey, on his thoughts of what's happening in brand marketing. All right, here's my conversation with Scott Harkey, the founder and CEO of the Harkey Group. Scott, the tables have turned. Welcome to the Rebrand Podcast. Right on. What's going on? Good to good to be back with you. How we how we first started. So I think I think in the the corporate world they call this a hostile takeover. Scott, I'm I'm grabbing your podcast by the neck. I'm taking it over. I'm gonna try to get some thoughts about brand marketing out of you. We've been doing the rebrand podcast together. I'm the executive producer. You've been the host for God. Has it been? It's been more than six months. It's been more than a year, hasn't it? I, yeah, I think it's over a year. Yeah, probably like I don't know between my last podcast and this podcast. I think I've been doing about two years now. So still baby. You're like a pro podcast host. Forget baby. You're you're doing a great job, but maybe a teenager. Teenager, sure. You could drive a car. Yeah. I never get thoughts out of you. I hear what everybody else gets to say. And and I wanted to sit down with you and give you a chance to sort of wax poetic about what you've learned, not only from doing this podcast, but also what's happening sort of with your agency and, and generally in, in the brand world. Yeah. So let's start off at the top and talk a little bit about the podcast first. You've been doing this for a year and a half. Give me some reflections on what you've learned from talking to all the podcast guests, from doing a podcast, why are you doing this? Yeah, I, I think what excited me most about this hostile takeover idea again is just an opportunity to give for those of you maybe like me where you want the cheat codes, you want the show highlights over, call it the last six months to a year. Some of the trends that I see from really intelligent brand marketers and agency people and ad tech people. It's been really cool. It's been a great learning experience for me. I've learned a ton and I thought I knew a lot <laughs> um, about marketing. So again, this will be kind of like the cheat code episode. Like what are the trends? Like what should you know? What have I learned most over my this last call it, you know, six months to year? I had somebody on a couple episodes ago and they talked about brand values and then they talked something more specifically. It was, a, it was a research company actually out of London. And I forget the guy's name, of course. I'm going blank here. But they talked about consumer values. And it really like smacked me in the face about how to really put together great content and a great strategy. And I think it all comes down to consumer values. I actually, know this gal who runs an agency 
big brand marketer from SAP actually did some work with Patagonia and her whole thesis is around these, these brand values. It was freaking amazing. I interviewed her too for my show, the MarTech podcast. It's Emily Lyman, the CEO of Branch and Bramble. So I had this conversation as well, which is there's this notion of lifestyle brands, not lifestyle companies. Like I'm making enough company to pay for me to go golfing every day, but brands that stand for an ethos. I, I took Patagonia as the primary example, lifestyle brands. Correct. And, and again, other guests, I think over the time, talk a lot about True North brand values, mission, vision values, like what you stand for and how that means something more so today than ever. And I had the guy from Wyden Kennedy on with some of his work with MLB and McDonald's. And we talk a lot about fandom and the, the race for fandom. And I think that when Emily came on, I was like, oh my gosh, I've done a lot of brand strategy. I've done a lot of consumer strategy. And her point of view about talking about consumer values and how to develop stories and content for brands around consumer values that line up with brand values. And that hit me like a ton of bricks. And I got really excited. She talked about, I think it was like 52 different consumer values. And I got really excited about this notion as brands are really struggling to find ways to really resonate and win fandom, right? Finding something that people really care deeply about and finding a way to tell a story about that that actually lines up to your authentic way as a brand. That's really how you're going to win the hearts and minds of people. And man, it's a, it's a absolute, insanely competitive environment in a grocery store right now, as an example. I saw a stat the other day that 52% of Americans now are on a basically fixed shopping budget. And they trust the brands that Target and Kroger and Amazon put out, basically the white label brands, just as much as any other brand, right? And so if you're not deeply connecting with a consumer value and having a way to tell a story about that, I don't think you're going to win fandom in a competitive environment today. And that's one of just the most recent, like I think, insights that really hit me over the head. One of the things that I think about when you talk about brand narratives and, and values and the whole sort of ethos behind a company, those are things that when you're starting a company, you know, I kind of come from a startup world. I haven't worked in a ton of like established consumer packaged goods companies. They're tech startups in my world and they come and they go and you're always kind of inventing. And that's the entrepreneurial dream is you start a brand, you have this great ethos, and then you magnify it out and find customers that believe in it. But you were working with a lot of more established brands, uh, you know, Virgin and I was Las Vegas hotels and consumer packaged goods. How do you, when you're like, already established, go back and either edit or pivot or reestablish those values? Yeah, I think it's an evolving process, right? I think of companies, whether you're a startup or a major brand as human beings. And it's what I talk a lot about in, in a book I have coming out. And the way I relate to marketing isn't from like a textbook. It's more from like how humans behave. And if you look at individually, we have our values change, our purpose evolves and changes. And so, of course, I think brands will do the same. And I, I always tell brands, you know, every two years or even small companies, every two years, have a workshop with your company and get alignment and figure out where you're going and what you're going to stand for. And then I think you can find out how that relates to some of the consumer values. And I'll give you an example in our industry. I'm like scrolling Instagram like anybody. 
And there's this ad, like this super funny ad about being a, you know, a brand marketer and all the shit you have to get done on a daily basis, like 200 things and ad copy and, oh shit, you forgot to do the creative brief and it's due in two days and the client's going to be mad. What are you going to do? And it's like, well, we've, we have designers ready to go and can have your campaign and creative ready in 24 hours. That was like kind of the service or whatever, but like they were so right on to the day in the life of a marketer. And they were so creative in the story in which they they told of, of how they support marketers that it was it was unbelievable. I mean, this is an Instagram ad, you know. I mean, can, trying to stick out at a wild raging party like in TikTok and Instagram is tough, and and having content that truly resonates. Um, before in my world, the brand marketing world, it, it was more based on like a human truth, right? Like Snickers was you know need a break, right? Or Airbnb as an example is is about belong anywhere. They're, they're human insight and human truth that they found were that people wanted to travel and feel like they belong there and not be a freaking tourist. And so they built a brand around um, belonging anywhere. I think it's evolved and changed now. Red Bull, same thing. I mean, they found this universal consumer human truth that resonated so much. And then they built their brand around that. And I think now seeing how many different layers of people's values there are, what 52 different ways that you can connect with a value that's strong. And I think we see things in a political polarizing way now, because again, they're, they're also playing to very specific, heavy consumer value driven kind of things. And so anyway, I, I think that's one of the big insights for marketing is, and, and for me, how do we make this industry more simple? And it comes down for me and the insight that I've, I continue to learn and, and and it it continues to have validation is this notion of human beings act and behave the same way they have for thousands of years (laughs) for for the most part in terms of decision-making. And so how can you line up what you're actually doing and who you're serving as a company, small business or big business, ultimately to human beings? Like how can you be more inspirationally, how can you be more of an inspiration as a company to other humans and, and really think about what values that you share. And then I think you have true fans and it's not about anymore thousands of different personalized ad creative in performance marketing world and just making the cash register ring and looking at your return on ad spend. It's going to be much more deeper than that. And that's the trend I'm really seeing with all businesses, not just big brands, but all companies have to be more than just acquiring customers in performance marketing. You have to stand for something. You have to be about something and it has to line up with ultimately who your consumers are. And this is why, I mean, we talked about Bud Light as, as, a, as an extreme political example of they didn't understand their consumers' values. They missed on truly what their consumers value, right? And they tried something that ultimately, you know, lost the company $2 billion in value. And, and I'm not getting political any which way. Like if you wanted to really ask me deep political questions on LGBT community, what our companies have done and how we've supported, we understand the people that work at our company and, and some of our brands, what their, you know, values are, but like just flat out didn't. And that's how I think in Emily and I's episode, we talked about how do you get fried? It's not truly deeply understanding your core customers' values. And I just, I, again, other examples, I mean, I love some of the email marketing conversations that, that I've had. I, I had a guy, this guy, an authority that helps professionals write books. I, I've set up now, been like four meetings with people on my podcast to do business with because I thought what they were doing was so awesome. I'm like, dude, email marketing guy we had in Tarzan. I was like, I, I need to talk to you. <laughs> I need to get my email marketing <laughs> shit together on my personal brand. 
this book guy, I was like, holy shit, dude, that you're, what you're doing is amazing. So that's, what's been cool too, is like, I've been so impressed by people that like are quote unquote competitors, like other agency people like, man, what, what they're doing is pretty impressive. Had a guy in Texas, had an agency and his, the work and how he thought about the work was freaking amazing. And so that's been fun too, is just like seeing people in this industry do something that amazes you and kind of, you know, you're just like, whoa, like you're really good at this. It's cool to talk to you. And, you know, I'm sure we compete for the same clients, you know, at times. So that's been cool too. It's good. What I'm taking away from what you said, you know, a couple of different things. One, that brands are always evolving. And so, you know, my original question was how, when you're in an existing brand, do you pivot the brand mission to stay resonant? And the truth is it's evolving. And your example of Bud Light saying they are trying to evolve their brand, but they lost that connection with who their customers are. Right or wrong, LGBTQ, obviously, I believe in being, I don't know if that's obvious, but I believe in being an inclusive and it bothers me that people stopped using or drinking Bud Light because of an ad featuring other people that might Bud Light. But look, that's my personal politics. They missed the mark with their customers and obviously had an effect. My big takeaway for the other part of what you said, and, and I'm a little biased here because I sell podcasting, but one of the big values of getting together and having the types of conversations that we get to have in this forum is the learnings you get. That's the power of podcasting as a networking channel. And it definitely changes and helps you evolve your thinking. I know working on my show, the MarTech podcast, I've changed my philosophy on how to think about the collection of data, the type of tooling, and the, the way that you connect and pass data along to be a much more effective marketer, mostly for demand gen and, and those types of channels, you've been focused on learning more and more about brands. So let's talk about things that are a little bit more actionable. We could boil the ocean all year long, but I want the people that are listening to this podcast to have some takeaways that distill down some of the most important things that you've learned from a little over a year of podcasting. What do you think are the biggest brand marketing trends that marketers need to get their head around to be successful this year? That's a great question. I I think to my earlier point, you can't spend enough time understanding your customers, your existing customers, your future customers, and your competitors' customers. Everything starts with the customer and what they like, don't like, what they value, where they shop, how they shop, how they buy, qualitative, quantitative, truly deeply understanding and it's not just data. It's not just you know website demographics and email clicks. I, I actually think the qualitative is more important per day than the quantitative, right? What people are saying about your brand and how they work with you, how they're saying it, what their feelings are like. I, I think for a long time, there were some really cool tools and really cool channels and tactics that were pretty amazing. I mean, Instagram and Facebook made a ton of e-commerce brands and it really it changed marketing as we know it. I mean, social media marketing literally changed how we market. And the people that got in did really well and still do well. It's a great channel. It's an unbelievable channel for advertising. Connected TV right now is an unbelievable channel for marketing. Those two channels, I mean, we haven't seen anything like it really. And then you add influencer marketing, unbelievable channel. I mean, those three, I would say channels right now are providing a lot of opportunities for brands to truly tell 
targeted stories to current customers and potential customers because of the targetability, because of the sight, sound, motion creates emotion. It's pretty unbelievable. But with all that, I think at times people are still losing the core of what we should be doing in marketing, which is gaining fanatical fans to our companies and our brands. And I don't know, that's kind of the trend that I'm seeing because I don't think the social media performance play, like you can always game the system and get in early. Like people right now on TikTok that got in early and what a great freaking ad platform. It kills it. How many times have you seen the movie Top Gun? Like probably two or three. Okay. Well, I've seen it like 300. It was okay. my favorite movie growing up. The old one or the new one? Okay. <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen the new one probably three times and I've seen the old one. Like I could put it on mute and say the whole movie. And the reason why I bring it up is the context of the movie was that the United States, and I, I'm going to make a parallel to marketing here, got too reliant on shooting missiles and they lost their dogfighting fighting skills. So they had to invent Top Gun. And I think the same thing is happening with marketers. We got so good at being able to target dropping a bomb in a general area with performance marketing. Let me just throw some money on Facebook and let the algorithm take care of it. The people forgot the basic premise of marketing, which is understanding your customers, understanding where they're looking for information and placing your brand in the right format for that channel in the right place where they're receptive to the information. We lost all of the research skills. We just got really good at math. We got good at technology. And now my belief is that we're starting to see that fundamental shift. Now we're seeing access to the data go away. The performance marketing channels are a little less valuable. So if you can't, obviously Facebook and Instagram and you know all the other performance marketing channels are still valuable. But if they are becoming less valuable, where do you think marketers should be focusing their attention in the next year? Great question. I agree with what you said. And, and here's what I see. I see big winners and big losers more than ever now. I mean, look at what Mattel did recently with Barbie and how they executed Barbie to ultimately sell more consumer goods, right? But they didn't say, we need to sell more CPG Barbies in Target and we're going to target moms and kids on Instagram ads and we're going to offer 5% off and you know we're going to make 10% this quarter. They said, let's become freaking cool. They just hired Margot Robbie and the rest is history. I mean, they just flat out like hired superstars and they created something that you couldn't miss. If you wanted to live in the United States of America, like Barbie like was talked about. It was trending and people were wearing pink shit and going to the movies and they had places for people to take photos at the movie. Like they just made it freaking cool and it was a can't miss thing, right? Disney's kind of lost a, I mean, they're a client, so I got to be careful. But in some ways, Disney's lost that kind of vibe. The, the booms and busts. And then even look at like Jake Paul. I watched the Jake Paul documentary. For you marketers out there, freaking watch it. It's amazing what he and his brother did. I mean, they created a global media company and now a global brand in their basement in Iowa creating YouTube videos. It's insane. Think what you want about Jake Paul. I'm not a huge fan of his personality. Probably wouldn't be a guy I would hang with. But it, I mean, look at Prime. Look at what he did with his energy drink. It's insane how those two kids did this against all these other marketers by being cool and understanding what their customers value. I mean, they understand what their fans want to see and what to create. The best content creators now 
truly understand what people want to see from a content perspective. And when you do that, they can own any brand in the world they want. It doesn't matter. You can slap a logo on whatever you want and people will buy it because they understand their consumer's values and what they want to see. And so as other people in marketing now, and as CFOs and board members and non-marketing people now are getting on marketers shit that don't understand what's happening right now is crazy. And you can't really explain it to non-marketing people how to be cool how to mean something to people, how to create content that means something to people, because it is going to be missing a lot of the multi-point attribution math that people want to see, unfortunately, but it's the new world. And I'm excited about it. We're a global economy now more than ever. Entertainment matters. Getting people to talk about stuff that is happening, water cooler talk, being culturally relevant now is the game. And it's a complete game. And it's not really about the tactics as much anymore. It's about basically being an entertainment company. It's crazy to me. And you're seeing other people fail miserably in this world. And you're seeing other people thrive like Patagonia and like Yeti and like anything that Ryan Reynolds touches, whether it's a freaking soccer team or a cell phone. It's why I just saw an Adweek article the other day. There were like 50 celebrities that own ad agencies now. Okay. Why? Why are content creators owning ad agencies now, right? Dwayne Wade owns an agency. Peyton Manning owns an ad agency. Tom Brady owns an ad agency. I'm trying to convince Mark Wahlberg he should own an ad agency. Like they all own ad agencies. Why? Because they're already culturally relevant. Whatever they post, whatever they do, whatever they create, they know what people want to see, especially not so much sports stars, but actors and content creators, right? Like the Jake Pauls of the world. They know exactly what to create. The Mark Robers of the world. These people, Mr. Beast. I mean, how, I, I mean, are, are you kidding me, Mr. Beast? This dude, everything he touches turns to gold. It doesn't matter what category he's in. And some of these old school marketers and, and other people that are outside of marketing, they, they don't get it. They don't get what's, what's happening in, in this new world of media and content creation. It's still the complete wild west. I actually thought a few years ago, it would become more of a math thing. I thought Instagram and YouTube and the big tech platforms would find more of a way to get more ad buying and less influencer kind of content creator stuff happening. They haven't. They're screwed because they don't pay them. They can't shut them down. They can't force you to buy ads all day long. And they have to allow the Jake Pauls of the world, the content creators of the world, the celebrities of the world, the influencers of the world to get distribution of media because it's free talent. It's crazy to me. Again, I think connected TV is playing more of a role. And I think YouTube and, and Google has, I think Google is selling what 70% of their ads. Meta is selling like 95% of their ad space. And as you've seen more kids and people now, I saw a trend recently that people and kids were watching more television than ever. And they're not watching YouTube on just regular TV, right? They're watching their influencers now instead of on their mobile phones and their tablets, they want to watch it on the big screen TV. It's still, you know, watching YouTube, but it's just on the TV. And so I, I do think you're seeing certainly YouTube and more connected TV device plays, which again, then what do you have to do? You have to create an amazing 30 second brand spot. Well, if you're going to spend a couple million dollars creating a national brand spot, you better damn well know exactly what your customers value and what their values are. You better know what your current customers value and what your potential customers' values are. And you better hit a spot that triggers that so freaking hard 
that they have to talk about you. They have to be fanatical about them being partnered with you and them being a fan of you, right? Like the same way you're a fan of your favorite sports team, you're now a fan of your brands. I'm a fan of Vans. I'm a fan of Jordans. I'm a fan of X, Y, and Z because it shows the self-expressive benefits of who I am to other people. And so I'm excited because I, I think it's a really fun time to be in the business. And I think you can have campaigns and platforms today in this world with the right partners and, and influencers and content creators and media partners to make big moves, really big moves. You're going to see booms and busts more, more than ever. And of course, if you're a brand that has some sort of scale, some sort of legacy, like a Vans, like a Carhartt right now, like Carhartt's freaking killing it right now. Crocs still killing it, made a big comeback. McDonald's, they have the biggest opportunity for big wins and big losses, certainly the, the bigger brands. But there's other companies too, smaller B2B and SaaS companies and personal brands. They have big opportunities to have booms and busts. I mean, I look at, if you want to talk about personal brands, look at the real estate business and the content creators and realtors in that space and the audience that they have on their social channels and the fandom that they create, right? There's a guy in Seattle right now who I love and he calls them Burr Deals. And he's got like a couple of million fans on, on Instagram. And he talks, he just, he, he's talking about house flips. Um, uh, his name is Thatch. Look up Thatch. Dude's killing it. Um, you know, all the other realtors are like, I, I want to do that. Well, this dude's a star. He knows exactly what content create. He has, he has kids and people that follow his system to a T and they love him. And he can sell whatever he wants. He wants to get into multifamily. He could start a car dealership tomorrow. And I promise you he would do well because he has audience and fandom. It's crazy. You covered a lot of ground there. Let me rein you in a little bit. What I'm hearing from you is there's going to be booms and there's going to be busts. And as the landscape shifts, what we're seeing is that the companies that are able to be entertainment companies that are cool, that can build fans, that have some sort of understanding of the people that they're selling to so they can understand what content is going to resonate then it doesn't really matter what your product is. Obviously, the product always matters on some capacity. If you don't have product market fit, you're kind of screwed coming out of the gate. But if you have cool, it covers up a lot of those problems. So we're going to talk a little bit about how to figure out who your customers are and what their needs are in tomorrow's episode. And that wraps up this episode of the Rebrand Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Scott Harkey, the CEO of the Harkey Group and the host of the Rebrand Podcast. In part two of this interview, which we'll publish tomorrow, Scott and I are going to continue the conversation and talk about how you can understand your customers' values. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Scott, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is SharkyAZ. Or you could visit his company's website, which is theharkeygroup.com, V-H-A-R-K-E-Y group.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to rebrandpod.com where we've got summaries of our episodes, contact information for our guests. You can find out who all of our speakers are. You can get in touch with me or Scott. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing brilliance in your podcast feed, we publish episodes every day during the work week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed in the next business day. All right, that's it for today. I'm going to turn it back over to Scott. Scott, bring us home. Thanks uh, for having me. Remember, it's never too late to rebuild, reboot, or rebrand. Mm -hmm.